First of all, I want to thank God for this wonderful opportunity that God has given me. I want to thank Pastor Danny for also the privilege of sharing with you all. I want to thank Stanley, Brother Stanley, who was actually the instrumental uh, when able to meet some new people. No, no, I just want to share something uh, that actually you know, I touched my heart. No, I met this lady in India uh, when we were ministering, and she was almost, about, I think, 50 years old. And then she came to know the Lord at uh, age of 50, and she was idol worshiper. And she was holding me and telling me, where did you go all these years? I have wasted my 50 years worshiping idols. Why didn't somebody tell me all these years? And I come from a country where we are about 1.5 billion people, 1.3 billion people, and then we serve about 300 million gods. Now you can name it and anything is God. And less than 3% of Indian population are Christians. And when we are planting churches, oh, no, no, it's like when I see United States, there's a church across the street. But when I'm talking about countries like India, Nepal, Tibet, Bhutan, Burma, Indonesia, Bangladesh, some places you, still, you can't even take Bibles. Uh, no, and, and country I am from, when we talk about churches, it's like when we planted 150 churches in the village area, especially away from the cities, that would be the only church in the entire village. Probably, you know, but there would be 500 homes or 600 homes or 1,000 families. And there would be, uh, one pastor would probably have planted churches in 10 different villages. So that's what I'm talking about when we tell about uh, church planting. Oh, no, we have so much of work and we have so many, few, so little uh, people who are working. And most of our pastors are not trained because they don't get to tra uh, the privilege of getting trained. So our scripture comes from Mark chapter 16, verse 15. You know, my title, I said, Preaching the Gospel to All Nations. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Uh, if you see in Matthew chapter 28 also, it talks about Jesus telling to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Actually, if you see the translation of it, the emphasis actually is given to go and preach and make disciples. Discipling making is something the emphasis is given. But when it talks about all nations, it talks about different people groups. Now, India is divided into... Uh, different states according to the languages. No, and every uh, India is the most unreached people group in the entire world. But there is something called 10 by 20 window. And if you know that, there are some places where you cannot even take Bibles. Like China, some Muslim countries in Africa. India, in some places, uh, you cannot share the gospel. You would be uh, prosecuted. Uh, you would be put in jail. You would be beaten up by people. No. But God's command, you know, here, why people die for Jesus? And when we see here from the scripture, God is not giving you a choice if you want to go, if it is comfortable, please go and preach. Otherwise, you can be at your home and please enjoy what I give. He's not telling that. It's a command where we are commanded to preach the gospel to all the world. And Acts chapter 1 says, from Jerusalem, that means from your home, as pastor was sharing, it starts from your own family. And then it goes out 
to different states of America than outside of America. Very sadly, I see a lot of Americans think America is the only world and world does not exist outside of America. They don't even know some places, even in some states, probably, I guess. But we see here, we are commanded to preach the gospel to all the world. And we see in Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. And you know, there was persecution that was happening. So people were beaten up and they were putting in jail. Some people were killed. So the believers ran away from the place to escape, to save their lives. Okay, and the apostles actually stayed in Jerusalem. If you read that chapter, you will understand the apostles remained there in Jerusalem, but it was believers who were scattered. And you know who planted the churches? It's not apostles, it's not the pastors, it's not the teachers. It's the believers who actually have planted the churches and then they call the leaders here to baptize them, pray for them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Very sadly, we believers most often think it's the pastor's job to preach, to teach, to share the gospel. We only come to receive. Okay, what God has for me. No, I was, inter I was just, uh, the message I want to tell in one word is, we are more consumer oriented. No, worship leader was sharing that. We come here to receive. What can I get from God? That's the only intention. We usually have, Lord, speak to me. Speak to my situation. Bless me. Bless my situation. But here the believers were actually, they were actually running out to save their lives. But they didn't stop there. Even if they want to die, they were ready to die. Those who have been scattered, they preached the gospel wherever they went. Acts 8.1 tells apostles were in Jerusalem. Can you imagine the believers starting the church? Most of our churches are started by some pastor and then we've been a part of the church after that. But we don't see believers starting their church and taking over by the leaders. When the scattered believers in Acts chapter 11 verse 19 to 21 preached the gospel of Christ, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. No, you really want God's hand to be upon us. But in this context, we see God's hand was there when they went to preach the gospel and then we see a growth in the church. Now, even if you see the Great Commission in the end chapters of gospels, usually we see the Lord, you know, I am with you to the end of the age. Actually, the presence of the Lord is promised. If you really want God closer to you, then you have to be the preacher of the gospel. Because he promised, he guaranteed that his presence will go when you preach the gospel. Can we say about us like that? Wherever, you know, wherever, my name is Deva, so wherever Deva went, he preached the gospel. Can we say about you, wherever you went, tell your names. Wherever I went, in my workplace, in my community, in my neighborhood. Yes, I heard about some country where there is no gospel, so I went there. Can we say about that? Like the early church told for first century, the church passion was to see Christ coming. So they wanted to fulfill the great commission. Very sadly, modern church heart and passion is going to heaven alone and receive blessings on earth 
So our mission and our passion is, Lord, I am going to heaven, so bless me on this earth now. Modern day believers are seekers of blessings rather than being the preachers of the blesser. Thomas Rainer, the president of Liveway Christian Resources and a best-selling author of Leadership and Discipleship, he tells this. American congregations are weak and in decline because church members have lost the biblical understanding of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. People join churches expecting to be served, fed and cared for. And he goes on to say, that God did not give us local churches to become country clubs where membership means we have privileges and perks. And Rainer writes, he placed us in churches to serve, to care for others, to pray for leaders, to learn, to teach, to give, and in some cases, to die for the sake of the gospel. And the time to get this is right now. There is a greater need than ever before to preach the gospel to the nations. The local church grows and multiplies. It advances God's kingdom through every believer being active in sharing the gospel of Christ Jesus. It's not just the pastor's job. It is not just the deacon's job, but the gospel. To carry the message of the gospel, the mission is given to each and every believer, including the pastor's. Very sadly, it's the leaders and the deacons who are expected to take the message of the gospel. In Acts 1.15, there were about 120 believers. In Acts 2.41, there were about 3,000 believers. In Acts chapter 4, verse 4, there were about 5,000 believers. And by AD 100, it is said that there were about 25,000 followers. By AD 350, it is said that there were over 30 million followers. How could the church grow so rapidly Especially under trials and persecutions. You know why the church grew? Because every believer was active in sharing their faith. Evangelism is not just an individual endeavor, but it is a community work. We should all work together. A pastor cannot accomplish this mission alone. You and I have to involve in joining God's hands to be co-workers with the Lord in fulfilling this great commission because it is very important. You know, in, if NIV titles and ESV, you see, have titles of their passages and it says great commission. You now Jesus was telling whenever it was his last words and last words are very important. Jesus did not think, okay, I want to bless you, so please pray for your blessings. It will go and preach and make disciples. That's the last statement that he said, wherever you see his last statements. Church is not an entertainment theater, but a spiritual company. Are you committed to preach the gospel to all nations? Now, just as we say, Jesus is the way to heaven, you and I, the church, is the only way to Jesus. If you go, if you don't go and tell about Jesus, nobody will go, nobody will know about Jesus. Now we say Jesus is the way, but you are the way to Jesus. It is said that we human beings in the world are giving birth to about 370,000 babies every day. Now the question is, how many believers, spiritual ones, 
are giving birth to spiritual babies. Today's church is declining in the midst of fast-growing population and technology. There are more phones than people, I guess, nowadays. Why? Why the church is declining? Because the church, you and I, are ineffective and inactive in evangelism and sharing the gospel to the lost. We see the assurance and promise we have in witnessing the gospel to others. God said that the presence of Christ will be with you. He said, I will be with you wherever you go until the end of the age. That means he's saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You go and I am there with you. So you are not alone preaching the gospel, but you are partnering with Christ when you go and witness. And also he's telling in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, wait for me. And I will empower you for the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, God is going to give us His power. So His power is going to give us boldness to witness. So you don't have to be a weak vessel because He's empowering you. He's also with you. He's in you and He's working through you. Only thing is you have to open up. Because He's asking you to do that. He did not tell, you pray and sit and I will go and preach. He did not tell, you build my church and I will go and preach. He said, you go and preach and I will build my church. It's so important, church. The sad state of present-day believers is that many do not have passion to win the lost to Christ Jesus. They are not burdened to bring new souls to the cross. We are simply happy that we are saved and we see God's blessing to prosper in the world. Oh, holy saints of God, we are missing the heart of the Savior. May our heart break for what his heart breaks for. And his heart breaks for the lost. His heart breaks for the unsaved. He came to seek the lost. The qualification required to preach the gospel, according to John chapter 4, is this. That you have to experience Jesus personally. And you need to know the gospel. We don't need much knowledge, but deeper experience in the Lord to talk about him. If I have to ask ourselves, when was the last time that you preached the gospel? Or maybe we should ask, did I ever preach gospel to anybody? God's heart is broken, church. If you don't share the gospel, he said, I have no plan B. You are my plan A, and I don't have plan B. I am trusting you to go and preach the gospel to all nations. And if you don't go, then he has no other way. When we apply for a job, no, especially in India, I don't know about America, we write in our resumes. Most of our resumes will be like this. We want to contribute to the growth of the organization. One of that will be there. Why do you want to join the company? So that I will learn and also contribute to the growth of the organization. But what do you do in the church? Why do you join the church? To contribute to the growth of the church or to contribute to, or the church to contribute for your growth? Now when you work in a company, you don't just sit and don't do anything and you get paid. 
but we expect to come to church just sit not do anything not pray not hear god's word not respond not apply and we want to be paid by god's blessings we are in a very sad condition you cannot just be a sitting member and expect god to flourish you sometimes we have to question ourselves are these blessings actually from god if we are not doing what god wants and two ways that we can do world missions is first thing is you have to be actively involved in your personal evangelism as a member of a local church you have to preach the gospel through your life in your workplaces in your schools in wherever you go in market places and then you as a church shining star i like the new life concept that we had last week you need to come up with some activities like that to bring in people who do not know about jesus if you really don't know maybe your pastors can help you to share about jesus on your behalf but still you cannot give excuse you cannot tell i am a introvert so i cannot talk to people will you do that in your job i am introvert so no i cannot talk to my manager no please give me a job and i'll be in the cabin and do the work but i'll not talk to anybody your personality will not come you will overcome every weakness to earn why do you not do for winning the souls why do we give excuses when it comes to preach the gospel to all nations why can't we come out of our comfort zones when we work hard we come out of our comfort zones to meet our targets in our workplace to earn our degrees to earn a good job to make a good family and a house we work hard we really strive and struggle because we are passionate about being blessed we are passionate about how i can be blessed and we work so that we can grow individually but we don't think about any participation as a local church did you ever think what can i do to see the growth of shining star did you ever ask yourself what can i do to grow the church in the nations because god has commanded it's not a choice john macarthur said do you know that what brings most of these people to saving knowledge of christ it is a personal contact with faithful christians people in our church witness to their neighbors co-workers other parents friends at school people in the markets their doctors their attorneys and everyone they meet and over the years the lord has blessed that one to one evangelistic activity to bring more people to faith in christ than any service program or event we ever have sponsored if your church is not growing it is not pastor's failure it is not the leader's failure if we don't see people in the church it is you who are failing god it is your responsibility to be actively involved in evangelism and missions and you have to have a heart for god and how can we actively involved in evangelism have a fixed time to regularly have evangelism activities probably like how we had last week new life help your pastor help your church bring your friends who do not know about jesus they are creating an atmosphere of striving hard how we can reach out to the lost you are in a strategic place where you can contact different cultures god has placed you such a time as this that you know every nations can come here because you have a diverse culture we have chinese we have indians you have bangladeshis 
you see nations here actually in your community. So if you do that work, all nations are here. So you have a great responsibility, church, in helping the growth of his church universally and also locally. No plan for mission trips at the church. I was seeing the, you know, the lunch area here. I was seeing different countries. Vietnam, India, I was glad to see my flag. I didn't understand Korea, so but I could see my flag and went there. I was so glad. It's full of missionaries, I guess, and I saw some pictures. No, we need to have evangelists. We need to go for missions. No, I'll tell you, when you go for missions, you will think you will be a blessing, but actually you will come being blessed, and you would be more thankful for what God has given to you because many of them do not have the privileges that you have. No, there's a strong tradition of missionary service in Mormon church. I don't know if you know about Mormon church. The Savior taught, go ye therefore and teach all nations. And the church members is Mormon, consider it a privilege to show their love for other people and the Lord by sharing the gospel. Mormons, missionaries, generally begin serving when they are from 19 to 21 years old. Many retired seniors, men, women, and married couples also serve missions. Missionaries serve from 18 months to 2 years. And missions are voluntary. The organization does not pay them. And missionaries are not paid for their service. Missionaries come from around the world and they serve wherever the church calls them. It is estimated that someone joins this church every minute and 55 seconds. No, I was traveling through a metro station. I saw a Jehovah's Witness stand there and try, trying to give their brochures. If people who believe in a wrong gospel or a false teaching can preach so boldly, so I doubt if we don't preach the gospel, then I really doubt if we have really experienced God's grace and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If we believe that we have understood the truth, what are we doing with the truth that you carry when people who do not know the truth are doing so much? So 90% of Mormons actually, though Christian cult, they tithe regularly. They give generously. And Church of Latter-day Saints is the richest church and a growing church. You will see everywhere in the world. Very sadly, it's not truth, but it's spreading. And if you fail in missions, we are failing the growth of the church. The church becomes stagnant. The power of the Holy Spirit is lost. The spirituality of the church declines. And Rick Warren says, since the church is a living organism, it's natural for it to grow if it's healthy. The church is a body, not a business. An organism, not an organization. It's alive. And if a church is not growing, then it is dying. So it's important that you speak the gospel and you also live the gospel. There are two important, inseparable elements in evangelism. If we just speak the gospel and don't live it out, then we build with one hand, tear apart with another. So it's important. In conclusion, I want to say, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest. The problem in world evangelism is a serious lack of passion. Now John R. Mott said, let us be satisfied with nothing else than leaving the deepest mark on our generation. Jim Dale, former Nazarene General Superintendent, speaking at Nazarene General Assembly, says, the question before us is this. Is there enough passion in the soul of the church to carry this holiness message to peoples of this world? 
Our problem is not with our profession, but with our passion. Our problem is not with our procedures, but with our passion. Our problem is not with our policy, but with our passion. Our problem is not with our purpose, but with our passion. Our problem is not with our programs, but with our passion. When it is all said and done, if we lose our passion and our mission, we lose our movement. I believe that God's command to take the gospel message to the nation applies to every Christian. So if I have to tell you something and ask you, now whatever God asks us to fulfill, we need to be ready for that. Now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the earth. That means you have to take a pledge for yourself. Telling God, yes, I understand. This will likely mean praying regularly for those people who have not yet heard about the gospel. I understand, Lord, this will likely mean I have to give money, so I have to cut down some things to support for the missions. Yes, Lord, I understand that it means sometimes I have to go myself to be a missionary. Probably short term. For a week or 10 days or one month or six months. I don't know how the Lord leads you. But whatever it means, you are telling Jesus yes to all what you are asking me to do. That is what I ask you, church. If you didn't get anything out of it, I ask you to do three things. Pray for those people who have never heard about the gospel. Sacrifice and save money and support these people. Support your church who's having missions department so that they can go and give gospel if you're not able to go. Send them. Thirdly, if you can go, please go and experience that because that's the greatest commission. Maybe close our eyes and put prayer.